Good afternoon, evening, morning, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to Range Anxiety. I'm your host, Martin Donnan, and we're putting 30 years of automotive experience into 30 minutes once a week at this stage for your listening pleasure. Now, we've had some great feedback. Remember I said at the start of uh, episode one, the beginning, this show won't go on without your feedback. So people have been sending uh, emails through to dtech at senet.com.au and giving me their thoughts on the show. Overall, very positive. Still haven't had anyone tell me to shut up and get off the mic yet. That's always a good thing. Our listener base has been pretty diverse too. Obviously, being an Australian, mainly Australian listeners. However, we have had quite a few from the west coast of the USA and up north and even Ireland of all places. So I'm pretty happy with that. I'm pretty happy with the way it's going. And our, our listening base now numbers in the hundreds and we have several subscribers. Uh, so really great, really great. And uh, please keep any feedback coming because I do sit there and read it, listen to it and modify the show content accordingly. Now, episode three, Ice Age. Interesting title, ice obviously referring to internal combustion engine. It's what all EV nerds refer to what you would call a normal car as. If it has pistons, it has conrods and runs on fuel, it's an ice car. And yes, I do own them. However, I do own some EV technology as well. Now, initially, I promise not to bore you with rabbiting on about EVs, how I'm saving the planet and I'm doing the wonderful things and how Greta is my homie. She's not. Um, and yeah, I do drive EVs. I do like them for a, a multitude of different reasons. And I think now is the time to just quickly cover off that part of what I do and why I'm doing it in this episode. So sit back. Strap in and listen to episode three, Ice Age. Now, I get a lot of messages, uh, not via the podcast, but via people seeing what I do on Facebook and so on, saying to me, oh, you know, Donnan, you've turned into a nerd. You're on this electric car thing. You've got no soul. Uh, You know, you're basically going to hell because you're trying to ruin everything we've been doing and enjoying over the last hundred years with this one-man crusade on electrification. Now, that's not quite right. When you've seen as many uh, petrol, ice, high-performance race applications as I have, you can get sick of them after a while. Not saying I'm sick of all cars, but, you know, How many times can you put the same exhaust on the same skyline and get excited about it? Well, yeah, I'm kind of at that tipping point where I enjoy what I do, but a lot of it's not new and it's not exciting and it doesn't drive creative thought. And this is why I kind of uh, had a good close long look at the EV thing. I've got a good friend that's owned over a dozen Teslas now and He's always raved about him. He owns a, he owns a, a, a lot of high-end uh, petrol ice cars as well. But he raves about his Teslas and he always keeps one in the stable. And so the last couple of years, I've sort of had a closer look, got involved and thought, well, these things are well stupid fast to start with. 
let's see what we can do to make them faster. And that's where my little company, DTEC EV, was born doing things to make what is already a fun product, the Tesla product, an even funner one uh, with performance upgrades and so on. Like, I'm not going to rabbit on too much about that. I mean, you've all probably read and seen what I'm doing on Facebook and that's cool. But I get a lot of backlashy stuff too. There are, as I've worked out, quite a few things that people don't like about EVs. Electric vehicles are a threat. They're a threat to the existence of all of the cool shit you come to know and love over the years. They're not actually, but this is how people portray them, right? People say to me, yeah, you know, uh, uh, just to put it in clarification, I have access to three EVs. I, I, I drive mainly a Tesla Model 3 uh, Standard Range Plus rear-wheel drive, which is the coolest of cool little cars. I also have... Um, a Model 3 Performance dual motor all-wheel drive, which is just a cool, fast, track-ready combo. And from time to time, my business partner uh, lets me drive, race, whatever, his current spec Tesla Model S Raven. That thing is simply just a sledgehammer. It is so fast. It has that really cool cheetah stance launch mode that drops a nose, reel off low 10 second quarters all day, and smack your head into the, the backrest at 0 to 100s in the low twos. It, it certainly is an incredible device and it's raised a lot of eyebrows when we have taken it out for some competition. Probably the best way to describe it is like rocking up to a UFC cage fight in a tuxedo and still winning. But anyway, back to the things people don't like. People say to me, uh, Martin, how's it going to go when you've got to uh, uh, go to uh, Melbourne? How are you going to drive there? And for those of you listening overseas, there is no good reason to go to Melbourne at the moment. That's COVID-toria, we call it. Um, however, you know, the answer is simple. We, we, we don't have a great supercharger network for the Teslas in Australia yet. You can get to Melbourne um, if you plan your stops at, I think it's Keith and Horsham. Um, and you can do it. But my answer is a simple one, man. If I, if I want to go into state, I catch a thing called an aeroplane. You know, I, I'm not really interested in driving 10 hours, 14 hours. Sure, you know, a bit of a road trip is fun from time to time. And if you do got to do that, that's not, where, that's not where you take the Tesla. It's as simple as that really, isn't it? You know, so that's, that's question one out of the way for me. You know, what happens if I've got to drive to the moon? Well, just don't take a rocket, you know. And then there's like the, the, the real um, staple diet of the EV hater. Ah, I can't handle the fact it's got no noise. Well... Sometimes no noise is better than a shit noise. Like these people drive, you know, V6 Camrys. And it's like, dude, if I had a noise like that, I wouldn't want to hear it at all. Um, EVs do make some noise. You can hear the motors whirring. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of like a bit of a Jetsons thing that goes on. And I find it actually pretty cool. Well, that's just me, I suppose. Some people don't like the noise, you know, don't like the lack of noise, but... These are the same people that drive around with their stereo on flat out. So you're not going to hear anything anyway. You know, some people don't like the look. Uh, and, and I agree, I do find it quite challenging. Uh, the fact that most EVs have a closed off snout. They don't need big air inlets for big radiators because in the majority of cases and driving pursuits, they don't make a lot of heat. 
So they go with the lower grill entry only normally, which gives them a bit of that, you know, funny kind of a look, which people struggle to get their heads around because not there's anything wrong with it. We're just not used to looking at a car with no front air openings. You know, I think this will change over time and got to give Elon his juice with the Cybertruck. You don't even notice it hasn't got a front or air opening because it looks so different in every other way. Some people love that. Some people hate that. More on that one, that particular car or truck or whatever you want to call it later. And yes, for the record, I do have one on order. Uh, no, I don't know when it's coming, but I strongly believe, yes, it will come. Right. Take away driving emotion. You know, uh, Tesla in particular pioneered the one pedal driving. So with the regenerative braking that does a lot of the braking itself, I can manage to drive a normal suburban commute without using the brake pedal. As I get off the throttle, the engines or the, the, the power units go into regen mode and they apply the their internal braking via the stator and which then charges the battery. It's a pretty cool thing. And it becomes a bit of a game when you're driving. So, you know, they, they don't take away driving skill. One pedal driving is a bit different, but if you look at some of the cool things that they do have, such as the Model 3 uh, performance has drift mode, track mode, allows you to bias torque, allows you to bias braking. It, it allows you to set the car up for oversteer, lift off oversteer. It allows you to do some really, really cool things at the racetrack if that's what you want to do. Uh, move up the rung to the big Model S Raven, and that just has the coolest uh, Ludicrous mode, Ludicrous Plus mode, warp drive, uh, launch mode with cheetah stands, all of these things that make these cars really, really quick and exciting to drive. You know, they are a bit of a party trick, but again, more on that one later. Um, oh, what are you going to do when the battery gives up in it? You're going to throw the whole car in a bin because the battery's expensive. Well, yeah, the batteries are expensive, particularly in Teslas. They've got a huge... Uh, amount of battery technology and battery management in them. But the good news is they last a long, long time. By the time some of you guys and girls are listening to this, Tesla may have had battery day for 2020. And the big rumor is, we'll see if I'm right or wrong, I think I'm right, is that they're releasing the million mile battery. They believe the battery will last for a million miles. And I think they're prepared to stand behind that. Put in, um, our metric talk, that's 1.7 million Ks. Now, what do you think is going to be left of any car, the surrounding bit of the battery in 1.7 million kilometres? I would say not an awful lot. So, again, that whole myth is just debunked. The batteries last, they're good, their degradation is very slow, and you can just plug them in, charge them, thrash them, do whatever you want to do, and they just keep going, and they just keep lasting. Um, another one, what about uh, all the environmental damage that lithium mining does? Now, when people rabbit on about this, um, Karen from Facebook is probably showing them a picture that goes around of some poor kid from the DRC, it looks, in Africa, sitting in a mine, covered in filth, surrounded by raw materials and saying, look at what lithium does to the environment and look at the cost with the big holes in the ground. Well, a lot of that simply just ain't true. 
the majority of lithium that goes into uh, EV batteries is extracted from brine. Essentially, they drill a hole in the ground, bubble the lithium brine up to the surface, surface, evaporate it, clean it, chemically process it into battery grade, and away it goes. No massive environmental damage done there. Sure, there are some hard rock mines, but I'm quite happy to place a wager with anybody. That lithium mining so far in this world has had nowhere near the environmental impact, damage, amount of disasters that oil drilling has. You know, people still refer to the, the massive amount of damage that the Exxon Valdez did when it when the big super tanker just, you know, ran into something or split in half or leaked or whatever it did, all up and down, I think it was a Prince William Sound, uh, and destroyed massive amounts of, of wildlife and ecosystems and you know, we got massive fires in the Gulf of, of Mexico and whatever. I, I'm not going to sit here and rabbit on about who's better, who's worse. But don't think for one moment that drilling for oil and carting it around the world is a clean process. It's dirty, it's messy, it has a huge potential for disaster. And your ice car will make a lot more pollution. It will damage the environment much more than an electric car. Stop believing Karen from the internet. It's a load of crap that lithium cars and EVs are dirty. Oh yeah, and what happens? You know, when uh, the car's finished, how do we get rid of the battery? We don't, we recycle it. You know, it's a chemical, recyclable, and can be used many and reprocessed and used many times over, you know, throughout generations, I would suggest. And last but not least, where do you charge this thing? Well, your home becomes a charging station. It becomes a fuel station. You don't have to go somewhere where they've got electricity stored in the ground. You can make electricity out of the sun from your PVRA or your solar or whatever you want to call it, and you can charge your car and essentially run it pretty much for nothing if you charge correctly. How long does that take? Well, Charging at home is slow. You know, it can take like half a day to fully charge a car. You want a fast charge? Get into your Tesla press, take me to Supercharger, and you can plug into one of their fast DC chargers. We've only got a few here in the city of Adelaide. We're a fairly small, quiet little, dare I say it, backwards place. And that will charge my SR Plus Model 3 from pretty much empty to full in about 20 minutes. So enough time to grab a coffee, have your coffee, walk back to the car, it's full, it's full for another 400 kilometres and paying at, at market rate, you know, we are the most expensive electricity in the world here, I do believe, in Adelaide, South Australia, it costs about $13 or about $9 US for a full fill. Try that in your ice car. So yeah, a lot of urban myth, and legend about EVs, a lot of it driven by fear. Um, and it's all pretty much crap. Take it from someone that owns both, drives both and has wor worked with both for a long time and will continue to for a long time, that the EV thing is kind of cool. So why do I like them? Why did I make the switch? Well, obviously I want to make an engineer parts for them. I'm, I'm not going to lie. You know, I want to be part of this. I, I see a big future upcoming and I want to be part of it. I don't want to sit on my hands and go, 
I don't like this. These guys are destroying our future. It's all over. No, 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 no. It's not how it's happening. I like EVs and I'm reading some notes here, even though I promised that I wouldn't read from notes. Fast, fast, cool tech and fast. Uh, your house is your, 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 your fuel station. And when you go to a, a relative's house for a party or a gathering, when gatherings are allowed again, you plug into their wall as well and use some of their power, which is pretty cool. And the man that's driving it, as some like to prefer, uh, refer to him, electric Jesus, Elon Musk, is just cool. You know, bit geeky in some ways, but very cool and obviously very smart. You know, any guy that sits there next to Jay Leno in uh, the Cybertruck and refers to it as, as being a great car or a great concept because it's super cool and badass, I think they're the kind of CEOs we need for the future, not miserable old bastards that lock themselves in the back room and, and work out in a thousand million different ways how to rip, rip us off and, and kill us. So, you know, love Elon. I hate Elon. I love listening to him talk. He's a little bit slow and disjointed the way he talks sometimes. And he says, sure, sure, super cool, stuff like that. But the guy's just an absolute genius. And I think we could all learn things from him. As some of the people that have raced us at Roll racing, which is like a kind of uh, grassrootsy, you know, can't race from a dig, so we'll race from a roll thing that's been happening in the US for years, but it's started to pick up some momentum in Australia. And who would have thought that a Tesla Model S Raven with 750 horsepower was going to be a good thing? Well, it was. When we entered, we knew it was going to cause a fair bit of controversy and a bit of upset amongst some people like, oh, and I was reading posts on the roll racing page. Oh, what sort of idiot would bring an electric car roll racing? Ha, ha, ha. Are they going to make it there before it's flat? Ha, ha. They'll have to charge while they're there. And yeah, guess what? I did plug it in when I was there. These things go best with a full battery. And people are going, I don't know why you're charging it fully. You're just carrying extra weight for no reason. I mean, it's how smart some of these people are or aren't that were arguing against it. And, you know, first time we went out, we started like 20 mile per hour and just hold it flat for 250 meters when the lights go green. You know, first time it's like, ha ha, I want to race against the microwave oven. Ha ha. And yeah, they got their asses kicked bad. This thing pins you back in the seat with massive G's, grabs, jumps 10 lengths on pretty much anything and just walks off into the distance. So out of 120 cars, I think we finished something like fourth first time out. And, you know, there was a, I did get beaten by one quite vocal opponent of EV technology. You know, uh, I beat you in my GDR. Yeah, it's probably had $70,000 spent on it on top of the $170,000 price tag only just by a nose uh, with its 800 reported wheel horsepower, which I don't think it has anything like, but anyway, only just got the Tesla by a nose. And that's because I was sort of kind of snoozing a little on the line. So, yeah, it kind of, across the evening, it went from, <laughs> yeah, I want to race this thing. Oh, shit, it's lined up next to me. Um, do you, do you want to go ahead into the other lane and uh, 
race that guy over there. And oh, um, do you want to race that guy over there? Because oh, I think I might just pull out. I want to race my friend who's back there. So the excuse book, it's a brilliant thing in motorsport. We all love the book of excuses and it was out big time. Oh, yeah, I didn't get the right start and, you know, uh, uh, but eventually uh, you got beaten by a Toyota Corona and I did. Toyota Corona normally comes like an early 80s horrible thing. Normally comes with a four-cylinder, I don't know, it might be an 18RG two-litre thing that makes about 30 horsepower in it. But I got beaten by a Toyota Corona with a 410 cubic inch Ford V8 in it, like it was uh, Andrew or, or as my American friends, NHRA tag ticketed roll caged car with about what I could see or work out about 300 horsepower of nitrous oxide on top of the 650, 700 horsepower V8. It probably weighed 400, no, 700 kilograms less than the Tesla. Was in no way street legal. Ran like 20 inch wide rear drag tires, roll cage and all of that fruit. But yeah, it beat me and so it goddamn should. It's a genuine race car. And up against a dead standard road car that had the stereo playing and the air conditioner going. So yeah, nothing's unbeatable, nothing is forever. But we turn some expectations up, upside down with and, and broke some myths with by taking an electric car to the track. And you know, this is probably nothing that uncommon in the US. It's just a little bit uncommon in Australia or until now. And now they're like, oh yeah, we shouldn't really let these things run in motorsport. What happens if they catch fire? They are quite hard to put out. So maybe we'll just ban them for a couple of years. Well, no, Australia, how about you do what the rest of the world's done and upgrade your firefighting facilities to be able to put out lithium fires? It happens elsewhere in the world. I'm sure we can do it here. So whether you like it or not, I mean, I love my internal combustion engines. I, I still happen to have an AMG V8 6.2 in the, in the garage. Um, it's the wife's car and it sounds magnificent and it's cool and, you know, it's a part of history now, even though it's only five years old or six years old or something. But, you know, uh, ice engine manufacturers aren't going to make cool stuff like that anymore. They're going to go smaller. They are going smaller. They're going twin turbocharged to try and bring the efficiencies up. And engines are going to start sounding, internal combustion ones, mark my words, unless it's very top-endy stuff, like, you know, your Ferraris and Lamborghinis and, and so on, they're going to start sounding weaker and weaker and less and less appealing. So please don't get hung up on the fact that, you know, ice cars sound so good because it ain't going to happen for much longer, if at all anymore. And, you know, uh, all the Audi and AMG fanboys are crying because they've taken away all of the pops and crackles and burbles in Europe now because they do, actually, they do sound offensive. There's nothing more offensive in, in my mind. It's kind of like the sound of weakness. Um, but, you know, slowly these things are being emasculated and slowly uh, governments are pushing 
to have everything more and more electrified. Now, before we wrap up for today, my main argument uh, for electric vehicles of any type, not just the super cool, badass, fast Teslas, but of any type is that big shiny, glossy thing that you see when you drive down the road known as the dealer service center. They get you in every way with an internal combustion engine. Oh, you've done too many miles, you need a service. Oh, you haven't done any miles at all, but the car's been sitting there for six months, you need a service. Oh, that service, oh, that'll be $1,500, thanks, if you own anything that's expensive. And, you know, in that $1,500 will be 40 bucks of oil, uh, a filter, a $20 cartridge filter, There'll be waste levies, environmental levies, probably, I wouldn't surprise me if I saw COVID levies. And we build these palaces for these dealer networks. They're normally the most profitable part of a car dealership is servicing, which is a big, big rort and something that we have been brainwashed into accepting for generations and generations. And you know, in the words of Dee Schneider, uh, from Twisted Sister, we're not going to take it. We're not going to take it anymore. And, you know, that with the EV model, there is no servicing because you've got one foot driving a lot of the time to regenerative braking. Brakes last half a million miles, you know, 700,000 Ks in some instances before you need pads. The only thing to really service on them is uh, wiper blades, tyres, maybe the odd engine mount or seal, but gone is this time-based extortion of your hard-earned money. So next time you see an EV driving down the street, don't be like wondering, you know, what kind of abuse or middle digit you can give the guy. Think, hey, maybe this guy or girl uh, is not interested in spending two or $3,000 a year building a fancy palace workshop for someone else anymore. Think about it. Think about some good reasons uh, to be happy that we've got some fast EV technology and that they're going to be cool and be happy to accept the fact that the world is changing and that you can keep your ice-powered car in the shed and you will still be able to take it out, feed it dead dinosaur blood and drive it and make all those noises and smells and enjoy having to press the brakes hard to stop it and enjoy lag that goes from pretty much idle to redline without any instant talk. Enjoy all of those things. Of course you will. You're a blast from the past. Whether that's a good thing or not, that remains to be seen. But that's our episode for this week. I hope you enjoyed Ice Age and we'll be back with something bigger, better and more controversial next time. So stay tuned.